Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Sunday morning. This is the 17th. No. 20th. 20th. OMG. Okay, it's flying by, isn't it? <clears throat> and what we've been talking about is how how it is that we got to be in the world situation that we're in, and why it isn't going to be solved with just uh, you know a few bombs and you know even if we send a whole our entire military into the Middle East and stamped out every little person that's there, you're not going to stamp out the spirit of Antichrist. Um, John says, <laughs> and we'll go there after a while, but he said the spirit of Antichrist is in the world. He started out right there in that part of the world, and there he hangs. And um, so we just we want to talk about the origins of it and why this is such an impossible mess. And um, we keep trying to solve things diplomatically and militarily, and this is going to take spiritual warfare. And that's the only thing that's going to hold it in place is spiritual warfare. Um, but if you if you start to look at this, you know, we started back in the Garden of Eden, and the Garden of Eden, geographically located according to Genesis one, is right there um, where the Tigris and Euphrates rivers come together in the southeast corner of Iraq, somewhere in that area. We have no idea where, but somewhere in that area. That's where the seeds of humanity were planted. And in Mesopotamia, you know, if you ever remember studying history, you know, that's the seed of history. That's where the oldest records are. And So, somewhere in that area, because the Tigris and the Euphrates flowed right through the middle of the garden, it had to be right in that area. Um... God planted his garden. Well, in the dateless past, and we don't know when, um, Satan, who actually was was an angel, a cherubim, who obviously was in charge of praise and worship because his whole body was covered with instruments, and his whole body was like one big diamond, which would reflect the light and the glory of God back to him. So he's obviously an angel of praise and he was perverted in his own mind. And um, last week we went to Isaiah 14 and you find the story where he says, I will. Well, the first thing you see in I will is it's not God's will. So you have rebellion. That's the very first nature in, in Satan is rebellion. Then you have I will um, exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will be like the most high God. So then you have everything that's in the earth. Pride of life, which is I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. Then you have lust of the eyes and lust of the flesh. You know, I will be like God. I will be glorified. I will, you know. So... In 1 John 2, John says everything that's in the earth is pride of life, lust of the eyes, and lust of the flesh. 1 John 2, 16, if you you need to write it down. But that's the source of sin in the earth. But the other ingredient to that is rebellion. You have to have all four things there for open, blatant sin to take place. And that is the very personality and nature of Satan. So rebellion is the fourth. Um, actually, it's first. Okay. You know, first is I will, not God's will. Okay. And then, what will you do? Whatever you want. Pride of life, lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh. So, 
Satan finds Adam and Eve in the garden. Interestingly, they're hanging around the one tree in that garden they're not supposed to be hanging around. I mean, Satan didn't have to go find them and drag them to the tree. They were right there. And um, so he begins to talk to them in sense of rebellion. You know, he's asking her why she can't eat of the tree. And she said, well, God says if we eat of the tree, we're going to die. And um, Satan in rebellion says, oh, you're not going to die. He just doesn't want you to be as smart as he is. He doesn't want you to be wise like he is. But if you eat of this fruit, you will be like God. Can you hear it? I will. Not God's will. And I will be like God. Pride of life. And then all of a sudden she says, she's looking at it. And she says, it is beautiful to see and must be, therefore, delicious to eat. Hey, pull up a chair. Thank you. I'm sorry. I'm a That's okay. Tom, this is Wendy, my daughter. Wendy, this Hello. is Tom. And before you know it, with rebellion, I will do what I want. I'm going to eat of that fruit no matter what God says. And then pride of life, lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, they ended up eating. Okay. The sick part about it is, is Satan said to them, you'll be like God. But in chapter 1, God says, let us make man in our image and in our likeness. So you go, what was that? You know, where was your brain? But um, anyway, so they fell. So now you have these direct descendants coming from Adam and Eve. Um, um, of course, you had their first two sons, Cain and Abel. And um, again, there was rebellion, pride of life, because Cain and Abel both offered sacrifices. Cain was lazy about his. He offered from his vegetable garden, not the best. There was no blood sacrifice involved. He could have gotten a sheep from his brother, a lamb from his brother. Didn't do it. I don't know anywhere in Genesis 1 where God says it's okay to offer vegetables. Um, you know, a blood sacrifice is what's needed. So anyway, Abel's sacrifice was accepted, Cain's wasn't. And God said to Cain, God came to Cain and said, Cain, you did wrong. If you would do right, you know, everything will be okay. But, if you continue down this path, you're going to end up with sin at the door. You're going to end up sinning. So he continued down the path. There's rebellion. And and his pride was crushed because Abel was accepted and he wasn't. You know? And he killed his brother. So, um, and then he was driven out because he could no longer even work the ground. He was marked so nobody would kill him. And then he was driven out of the garden. So, you know, Adam and Eve lost two kids, really, right there. What a tragedy. Um, out of Cain's life, they, they talk about a little bit of his generations, not much. But one that's important is um, Canaan, who is his grandson. And that's not Canaan that lives in... Israel. This is C-A-I-N-A-N. Not the land of milk. No. This is C-A-I-N, as in Cain and Abel, with an A-N on the end. Okay, Canaan. Alright. And he began to break every religious and moral principle. He was a grandson? Grandson of Cain. And he is the one that began to introduce polytheism. Gods of all kinds. Worshipping nature. Wait, is that in scripture? Well, it is, but um, it's, it's, yeah, it's scattered okay. through the Old Testament. Okay. You have to... Okay. And then there's also Jewish tradition that okay. you have to put in. I, You know, sketching this together, this is not really as important as what's coming with Noah. So I'm just wanting to give you this big picture of it so you see that the seeds of rebellion were in the earth. And Satan did a pretty good job with uh, with it. And 
finally introduced this polytheism. So they were worshipping everything. And that was about 500 years before Noah was born, okay? Now this is the picture you have to get. No, I mean, Adam was alive until just about 100 years before Noah was born. It was about 126 years before Noah was born. So Adam was alive so that all his grandkids would have been taught. I mean, they knew about worshiping the Lord. Because Grandpa was there to tell them. And yet, Canaan decided to go his own way. Just like his granddad Cain had done. And now, people are beginning to worship other gods. Um, and that seed in the earth is, is important because... Um, Um, that seed didn't go away. It's not DNA, but it's just the nature of the family line. You know, there are a lot of things in you know in your family line that are not DNA, that are just part of your nature. And um, this was one of those things. And they had opened the door and and let Satan influence, and and this is what happened. Now, from there, you have to now remember this. Because we're getting right up to Noah. Um, <clears throat> back in the garden, God said something to Satan. He said, okay, Buster, because this is what you did. I'm telling you, the seed of the woman will, you know, if you know anything about just physiology, you know that seed are in the men, okay? But this is the seed of the woman. That's a virgin birth. Will crush your head. Literally in Hebrew that means he will destroy and tear down your authority and power. So that was it. The seed of the woman is going to destroy your power and authority that you've built up in the earth. That you think you have. And you will crush his heel. Um, your foot... And your walk is your life in the earth. That's all, wherever you see, walk after the Spirit, His walk, wherever He walks, His feet, wherever you put your feet. That has to do with your life, the way you live your life. So He said He's going to crush His heel. So Satan took the walk of Jesus out of the earth. But when He did that, Jesus crushed His power and authority to rule and reign in the earth. Okay, so Satan knew this was coming and, and now he wanted to destroy the line from which this woman would come. If he could pervert and destroy the line from which this woman would come, he could stop Messiah from showing up in the earth. And if you look at... Um, in Matthew, you find Joseph's heritage. That goes back to David. But if you look in Luke, you're going to find Mary's family line and it goes all the way back to Adam. Mary's family line is Luke 3.23. Um, we're not going to go through the begats, but if you just want to ever look at it, that's Mary's family line because it goes all the way back to Adam. <clears throat> so the first thing Satan wanted to do is destroy that family line. And this is where we get to Noah. So go to Genesis chapter 5. Genesis chapter 5. Here, I'll get it. I'll grab it. Good this morning. Was she wonderful? Can't wait. It'll be fun. Thank you. Okay, we're in Genesis chapter 5. And we just had this whole genealogy, another list of begats. And in this list of begats, um, <clears throat> from Canaan, who also from Cain and Canaan, who also, um, I'm sorry, from uh, Seth, 
you have this line, and out of Seth's line, you're going to come up on Methuselah, and then you're going to come to um, Lamech, and Lamech is Noah's dad, and then you come to Noah. Okay. Now that Enos, Enoch, Canine, is that the grandson? Or that's a different uh, verse nine, chapter five. Uh, no, this is Enos is not. Enos is um, part of Seth's line. Right. Canaan's line starts um, over in. Uh, let's see. Um, it just says he begot. He begat Canaan. Um. Oh, now you've got me I'm going. Sorry. No, that's okay. Canaan. Well, I'm sorry, yes. Canaan came from Seth, you're right. Excuse me. But Canaan was the rebel. And out of Canaan came a rebellious tribe. But also from Seth came, excuse me for that. You're right, Lana, thank you. Um, But also from Seth came this line of Noah's people. And... um, so Methuselah, and then you had, you know, Enoch, of course, who went, who, who walked with God and was taken. But then you go to Lamech, who is Noah's dad, and then you have Noah. Okay. Now Adam was alive well up until after Lamech was born. So even Lamech knew Noah. I mean Adam. Even Lamech knew Adam. But 126 years before Noah was born, Adam finally dies. So, you know, Adam knew all the family, except he missed Noah. And this is interesting about Noah. Noah's dad died before his granddad. Methuselah lived right up until the flood. His name means, um, when Methuselah, when, when I'm gone, it will happen. And as soon as Methuselah dies, the flood hits. So even Lamech and Methuselah were all there helping Noah build his boat. Noah get, got the plans. You get the idea that it was just like one guy and his sons. But, but there were other people there. You know, but they all died. Methuselah was the last one. He lived longer than any other human being in the earth. So when he died, that was all of the line except for Noah, gone. Now, what had been happening in the meantime is Satan had been trying to pervert the line from which Jesus would come. So he sent his angels, and this is kind of a bizarre thing, but even Jude, who is um, Noah's brother, I mean, uh, Jesus' baby brother, talks about what happens with these angels. But these angels, in Jude, he says, left their first estate. Their first estate was to be a spirit being. But they left that and took on flesh and mated with the women in the area in an attempt to destroy the family line. Alright, look at verse 1 in chapter 6. And it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born to them that the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair and they took them wives of all which they chose Um, and the Lord said my spirit will not always strive with man for that he also is flesh so he's got this angelic part about them and then also flesh yet his days shall be 120 years now that meant I'm going to give them 120 years for anybody to straighten up So Noah had 120 years to build that boat. World Book Encyclopedia. One time I think I bought Wendy a set of World Book back in the day. (laughs) And in there it says he built the ark in seven days. God, are you kidding? This is World Book. Come on. There were giants in the earth in those days. And also after that, when the sons of God came into the daughters of men and they bare children to them. The same became, now my scripture says mighty, but the word should be violent men, which were of old, men of renown. And God saw that the wickedness of men was great in the earth 
and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Okay. So every man was perverted there. If you want to go back to Jude, you can. You don't have to. Jude is that one page in front of Revelations. But let you can write this down. Jude verse 6. But if you want to go, it's, it's cool. Because it tells you where those angels are now. Okay, verse 6. And the angels, which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, he has reserved in everlasting chains under darkness, under the judgment of the great day. Those angels that left their first estate and and mated with women have already been chained and they're in that bottomless pit awaiting judgment. They're not even they're not free at all to walk around. Period. Because I'm sure God didn't want that to happen again. The reason that Noah found favor with God, Noah's whole life he walked with God. It says, um, look at verse, go back to Genesis 6 now. <clears throat> Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Verse 8. These are the generations of Noah. And Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations. That literally means Noah was a good man in the eyes of God and so were his kids. Okay? They walked with the Lord. Shem, Ham, and Japheth and Noah. Does it mean they were perfect people? No. Shortly after they got off the boat, Noah raised... Grapes immediately made wine and fell down drunk and naked. So, no, they weren't perfect men. But they were perfect in this sense. They had not perverted the family line. This was the seed that God was going to save to preserve the line from which the woman would come. And you'll find Noah in her family line. What verse was that again? This is verse um, 8 and 9. In Genesis. Noah walked with God. And there's that word walked, meaning Noah lived his life in relationship to God. Okay? Alright. Now, you you understand, we talked about DNA the other day, how um, in Adam were all of the all the gene pools, all the possibilities for, for um, the arrangement of DNA so that you could have a, a million zillion different varieties of things. We talked about the puppy line. Do you remember in, in biology when you did the little graph and the, you had the brown puppy and the black puppy and you end up with two spotted puppies and one solid brown, one solid white. Okay. So that's the way it is. And Eve came out of Adam. It wasn't like she was a whole new being. So her DNA was the very same as his. So And all of the seed of humanity were in his loins. So all of the varieties of the DNA of humanity were in Adam. Okay? Now, when you get to Noah, Noah has the same gene pool as as a great-great-great-great-granddad had. Okay? In a different form, because it's all been rearranged, but it's all there. It was not perverted. Because they intermarry. Because who else are you going to marry but your cousins? I said, it's, you know, it's like Bedford County. <laughs> you know, And I don't mean that in a crazy sense, except that, you know, third and fourth cousins, oh my gosh. People don't have trees here, they got bushes. and um, But I love them. You know, it's not that that's not a negative, but it's just the way it is. When you grow up in the mountains in this area, this is, this is your goal. So the gene pool was preserved in, in Noah and his family. And then we had the catastrophe. So go to Genesis 9. And there's a mystery here. If anybody can solve it, you let me know. And this is where we really start with the trouble. So this is what I would suggest you do. 
either take three different sheets of paper or draw a line and make three columns on your page because we're going to start talking about Shimam and Japheth in just a few minutes. And this is really where the trouble starts. This is the beginning of it. First of all, you still have those seeds of rebellion, pride of life, lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh. Okay? It's still in men. It's just the way it is because flesh is fallen. And that fallen flesh has that same personality as Antichrist. Okay? Now, look at Genesis 9. Okay, this is where Noah has his little party one night. And he gets himself into serious trouble. Okay. Um, look at verse 20. Look at that. She's using a ruler. You are so type A. I know. Oh, you got the three pages, and that works just as good. There you go, labeled and underlined. Oh my! No, that's why we hang together so good. We're all the type A here. Oh yeah. I just love this family. This is so good. But I caught you. Just saying. Thank you, Sam. Okay, look at verse 20 now. And Noah began to be a husbandman and he planted a vineyard. I wonder if he did that first or if he put the vegetables in the ground first. You know, you wonder. Yeah, go for the grapes. Yeah. And he drank of the wine and was drunken. And he was uncovered in his tent. So he's laying naked in his tent. And Ham... And this is really interesting to me. And it, every time you see Ham, it's as the father of Canaan. Ham, the father of Canaan. And this is the Canaan that lives in Israel right now. This is the pain in the rear end. That's okay. exactly right. Okay. I mean, it's already in verse 18. He's already called him Ham as the father of Canaan. Here again it is. Ham, the father of Canaan, saw the nakedness of his father and told his two brothers. Without. So like, come see dad. He's really out of it here. Well, Shem and Japheth took a garment and laid it on both of their shoulders and went backwards and covered up the nakedness of their father. And their faces were backwards. And they saw not their father's nakedness. They were polite about it. And Noah woke from his wine and knew what his younger son had done to him. And he said... And this is what I don't get. Because who was it that did the bad thing? Ham, right? But look what he said. Curse be Canaan. Why did he curse Canaan and not Ham? So if you can find anything on that, you let me know. Because I, I just looked and I didn't get any satisfactory answers to that. He didn't curse Ham. Ham's the one that misbehaved. He cursed Ham's son, Canaan. So he cursed his grandson, not his son. And you're going, hmm, what is that about? And this is what the curse is. A servant of servants shall he be to his brothers. And he said, blessed be the Lord God of Shem, and Canaan shall be his servant. And God shall enlarge Japheth, and he shall dwell in the tents of Shem, and Canaan shall be his servant. So that was the curse. Now, here's the picture. If you write by Shem, put down uh, descendant. His descendants were the Hebrews. Shem's descendants are the Hebrews. And just a quickie on Shem. You know when uh, Abraham's in the desert and he runs into Melchizedek. Jewish people will tell you Melchizedek is Shem. Shem's still alive after all this time. And then it's Shem that he meets. Shem is the patriarch. He's the oldest one, so he is the priest, the go-between, because that's who is the priest in the family, the oldest male. So Shem is believed that Melchizedek is Shem. Okay. So just That's just a side point. Do you think maybe that's why he cursed him? Because back in those days, you know, like kind of whenever, um, uh, oh, 
Jacob is blessing Manasseh and Ephraim. You know, anytime you put the, the younger child, it's just a slap in the face sometimes because even Joseph was upset about it. Yeah. Wait a second, Dad, you're getting this wrong. You're getting it wrong. Could be. Maybe, yeah. yeah, could be. That's as good an explanation as I've heard. And it could be. But why he skips right over Ham, the bad dude, and goes to his grandson, I don't know. Uh, you know, the, the, the other thought is that he knew the heart of Canaan and he knew what Canaan was going to be like. You know, but, but alright, Ham now, his descendants are the Arabs. All the Arab population. So if you see in hand there, you can already see some of the personality there oozing out into even today. You know, 4,000 years later, you can still see it coming out. And um, then Japheth, that's our great, 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 great granddad. That's, um, yeah, Japheth, that is, that's um, Gentiles. Uh, the Gentiles, yes. Thank you, I couldn't say Gentiles. <laughs> yeah, that's the Gentile population. Okay, so now we're going to talk about a little bit about the families and where they spread. So you kind of know. I'm going to send you a couple of pictures around here so you can kind of see where they went. These are not good pictures, but, um, you know, maybe you can kind of get an idea. You can find Canaan on this one. That's the important one. Okay. These are terrible. Canaan is in Israel. Yes, mostly in Israel. And they're still there, which that's part of the problem. But let's just look at the line of Ham. Actually, um, Japheth is the oldest. Ham is the middle kid and Shem is the youngest. But um, we're going to start with Ham and then we'll go from there. Okay, so generally in your notes, put down this. Ham's people mostly went to Northwest Africa, Egypt, and Southern Arabia. That's where they all started out. So, and we're going to talk a little more specifically in a few minutes, but that's basically it. And of course, um, Canaan settled in what is now Israel. Yeah. But I shouldn't say what is now Israel. It should be what should have been Israel. Israel never took all of their land. Do you realize that Israel's land really should have gone all the way over to the Tigris and Euphrates River? Did you realize that? And that would include Iran, Iraq, Afghanistan. That whole area should have been Israel's. They never took it. I'm going to show it to you. Sandy, for, you said yeah. Ham's people went to Northwest Africa, Egypt, and Southern Arabia. Yeah. Canaan was one of Ham's people, but he didn't. Canaan was his son, yeah. He went and to Israel. He instead. moved over toward Israel. But, you know, that's an easy jump because you've got the Gaza Strip right there, you know, along Saudi Arabia, which is where Ham's people are. And they just moved right on up into the Gaza Strip and right on up into that land, all the way over to the Dead Sea and around. Okay, now, hold on just a minute, um, and uh, because we have to talk about Nimrod. All right, one of Ham's grandsons, this is in the line of, of um, excuse me, Canaan, all right, uh, was Cush. And Cush again settled in that Egypt, Ethiopia, Sudan area. And this is where Ishmael fits in. Ishmael goes in with that bunch of folks in Egypt, okay, and the Sudan and that area. Eventually, Ishmael's going to hook up with them. But out of that comes a dude named Nimrod, okay? And Nimrod's important because his is he is the first 
man to really be a type of antichrist. Okay? Nimrod is the first human to literally be, to impersonate antichrist, if you will. In other words, Satan, that demonic being, so filled up Nimrod that Nimrod acted out the personality of Satan. I will build my throne. I will raise it above the most. I will be like the most high God. I will. And that was Nimrod. Now let me just tell you the story. Don't write this down. But just listen to the story and then you can put a couple sentences down. Nimrod married a really evil woman named Semiramis. You know, really bad lady. Um, Jezebel, probably her equal. Okay? So, um, they they settled... Actually, Nimrod went all the way over to right there in where the Garden of Eden used to be. And in that area of what's now Iran, Iraq. Okay? And um, Nimrod built the first empire that was not ruled by God, but by men. He built the first empire that was not ruled by God, but by men. Okay? And out of that came Babylon, which it wasn't Babylon at the time, but out of that, he says, I will exalt my throne. So in your Bible, um, let's see. Go in in your Bible, chapter 10, because we're going to read a little bit about Nimrod. And then I'm going to tell you what the Jewish tradition says about him. Just a couple of verses here. Alright, look at verse 8. And Cush begat Nimrod, and he began to be mighty in the earth. And he was a mighty hunter before the Lord. That phrase, before the Lord, just hold that in your mind a minute. Therefore it is said, even as Nimrod, the mighty hunter before the Lord. And the beginning of his kingdom, and that's what's important, the beginning of his kingdom, <coughs> Babel, <coughs> and Iraq, and Akkad, and Kalni, and the land of Shinar. So he had started his own kingdom um, in the face of God. And that's exactly what the translation is. He built that first empire. And there's the rebellion... There's the it in your face. And when it says, the Jewish tradition says this. First of all, Nimrod was a strong one. Powerful in hunting and wicked before God. And they teach that a mighty hunter means that he ensnared men with his words and incited them to rebel against God. And then they take the phrase, before God. And this actually, from what I understand, is like a, an idiomatic phrase <clears throat> where you and I would think, you know, we're under God's watchful eye. But that isn't what it means. It literally means in your face. as a, In a provocative way. <clears throat> You're going to find out later that Ishmael lived his life before his family, okay, before his relatives, but it's in the face of your relatives. Provocative and in the face of. So, (coughs) Nimrod wasn't being obedient to God. He was in the face, thank you. He was in the face of God. So it's like, in your face, God, I'm building my own kingdom. And that's the attitude of Nimrod total rebellion and if that's not Satan I will build my throne up I will lift myself up above the most high God okay he was known to use sorcery and fire to gain victories in battle and he introduced the worship of other gods the biggie was the sun god and Nimrod named him Baal And so that began a five-year stint. I'm sorry, a 5,000-year stint of idol worship 
in that area. And even today, I mean, the people will tell you, um, no, that we just we worship the one true God, Allah. But but when you start to read in the history, you find out that Muhammad, there were over 500 gods when Muhammad was born. And he, by his own power and cunning, put them all together, drove all the other gods out. And evidently this is even written in the Quran. He drove the other gods out and only left one and named him Allah. So, <clears throat> that really Islam comes out of this seed right here. This is the seed of Islam. Okay, now here's Satan trying to do what he always does, look like he's paralleling scripture. Okay. So Nimrod dies. I mean a really horrible, violent death. And it scared people. And they figured Baal wasn't cutting it. Because it didn't save Nimrod. So they went back to worshipping Yahweh. But Semiramis got ticked off about that. So she connived a way to have a son. So her husband's dead and she says, this is a miraculous birth. No man had anything to do with this. Only they did. So she says, this is Nimrod resurrected from the dead. And um, he is now the sun god, Baal, in human form. And she says, we're going to call him Tammuz, T-A-M-U-Z. Well, over in Ezekiel, chapter 8, now this is several thousand years later, God is saying, look at this temple. Even in the temple, they're crying out to and worshiping Tammuz. And this is where he started, right here in the center of Babel, of, of this empire. So this, this polytheism stayed with the, the people in that area. So here you have it. <clears throat> you have this strange resurrection from the dead of Nimrod, who is now a god, Baal, in human form. The name of the human is Tammuz. But it's really Baal. Does that sound like somebody we know? Jesus is the man in human form, but it's really Yahweh. Okay? Very close parallels. And this, this virgin birth and all that, and resurrection from a violent death. It's all in there. So when you see people, Arabs, in, in this area, saying, well, it's the same God because this and this and this and this happened... Just like in your Bible, it has to be the same God. But it isn't the and same this God. This was written, or this was culture before Jesus right. was born. So right. where did it come from? Satan. Yes. Knew all Satan did all that. Well, he knew the story about the virgin birth. Right, and the seed. You know, and the seed, that's what he was trying to destroy all along anyway. So, <clears throat> so you have Nimrod rise up, right? And, of course, his world was destroyed. He was building his throne up to the sky. Sun God that he, you know, worshipped, Baal. He was building his throne up to the sky. <clears throat> and the languages were confounded. Okay? <clears throat> when the people scattered, they took the roots of polytheism all over that area. Everywhere they scattered, they took the roots of polytheism with them. Um, <clears throat> and even Christian scholars will agree that Nimrod is the first man who was a type of Antichrist in Scripture. Nimrod was the first. Now let me just show it to you. Go to the book of Daniel, chapter 11. Look at this this is Antichrist. This is a picture of Antichrist. We go to Daniel. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and then Daniel. 
Daniel chapter 11. Is that where I want to go? Daniel 11. <clears throat> okay, look at verse 36. Now, Daniel's hearing about, this is the, what goes on in Revelations. But what I want you to see is that it's the same demonic personality. Okay? Satan is behind every one of these guys. And it's the same demonic personality that started out in the Garden of Eden and it hasn't changed. And the Antichrist that we're going to end up with, which is like Nimrod, is going to be the very same kind of guy. Alright, look at verse 36. And the king shall do according to his will. There's the rebellion. And he shall exalt himself. I will be like the Most High God. And magnify himself above every God. And he shall speak marvelous things against the God of gods. In other words, against Yahweh. And prosper, he will prosper until the indignation be accomplished. For that that is determined shall be done. Neither shall he regard the God of his fathers. Nimrod did not regard the God of his grandfather Noah. He went off on his own. Nor desire of women, nor regard any God. For he shall magnify himself above all. Did he not make himself a God? Yes. But in his estate, Shall he honor the God of forces, of power? And that, you know, showed up in his sorcery and in his war. He's the first man to ever practice war. He was the first man to ever practice war because he wanted to dominate the world. He learned the art of war. Mm -hmm. And a God whom his fathers knew not shall he honor with gold and silver and with precious stones and pleasant things. Thus shall he do in the most strongholds with a strange God whom he shall acknowledge and increase with glory. And he shall cause them to rule over many and shall divide the land for a gain. If that's not Nimrod, I don't know what is. But this is the deal. From that seed, time and time again, Satan has tried. He tried with Nimrod and it fell. Then he raised up the Assyrians who came right out of that same area and they were the first ones to practice terrorism. The Assyrian people, well guess what? It's the same line of the Arabs. It's the Arab line. And they developed what was called terrorism. They were so horrific in their um, capture and torture and, and uh, demolishing of, of their... Mm, captors um, of their captives that it struck terror in the in the heart of everybody and nobody wanted to fight them so the Assyrians conquered they're the ones that wiped out northern Israel they took out northern Israel then the Assyrians were conquered by the Babylonians guess what that's the same seed of Nimrod that's the same family line the Babylonians rose up with Nebuchadnezzar they're the ones that took out southern Israel. Wiped them out. Then the Babylonians fell to the Mede-Persians. Persians, those are the Iranians. So there's, they were... Somebody on the news not too long ago was saying, well, Iran is such a young country. I just wanted to fall over laughing. It's been there since the Garden of Eden. It just wasn't called Persia or Iran. At one time it was called Nimrod's kingdom. But Persia rose up. And um, it was the Persians, actually it was Darius that sent um, that little contingent of Jews back into Jerusalem to rebuild the city and the temple. The Persians were a little more merciful, not much, but a little more merciful than the others. Well then the Persians died down and guess what? 
Every one of these empires is polytheistic. The next one that raised up was the Greeks, but they're all right there around the eastern edge of the Mediterranean. Polytheistic. And of course, Alexander the Great marched all the way to China. And why? To conquer. It's that same demonic spirit. I will raise up my throne. I will be God of all this area. It's the same demonic spirit. Then the Greeks fell and the Romans rose up. And did the same thing. I will be like the Most High God. I will exalt my power. I have to conquer. I have to put everybody under me. I have to exalt my throne. And they do it by force. Okay? The Roman Empire has been squelched. And guess who comes along? The Ottomans. The Ottoman Empire is where is the start of Muhammad. And he raised up strong. And we're going to talk about Muhammad you know, and his march, his desire was to go all the way to Rome and destroy Christians all along the way, destroy everybody. And he almost got there. He got to Austria before the Christians rose up and tried to stop him. What was after the Mede Persians? Uh, the Greeks, and then the Romans, and then the Ottoman Empire. And you know, in World War One and World War Two, if any of you watched Indiana Jones, the Ottoman Empire tried again to raise its head. And now that there is no more World War One, World War Two, guess what? It's ISIS, Hamas, um, the Palestinians, which aren't really Palestinians, they're Philistines. You know. All those groups, Al Qaeda, um, all those groups, that's fragments of the Ottoman Empire. And what are they trying to do? Conquer, destroy. Raise their throne up above everybody else. They want to come to Europe and they want to come to the United States and destroy everybody. It's the same demonic spirit. Okay. We get back to Ham's kids next week. Is Ishmael in there somewhere already? or is he No, we haven't gotten to Ab Ab Abraham yet. Jeez. I know. All that before Abraham. Right. But, and the reason we're talking about this is that I want you to know that the roots and the seeds of what we're dealing with in 2016 go all the way back to the very first of mankind, to the origins of mankind. This isn't new. And 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 it isn't going away. You know, the only way this is going to go away, and the only reason it hasn't gone further, is because of what is said in, in um Thessalonians. The Antichrist cannot come to power as long as the church is standing in the way. So when the church is taken out in the rapture, then Antichrist can come to power. But as long as the church is standing in his way, he can't do it. That's why he's trying to kill off the church. He tried all these years to kill off Jesus and all of his um, ancestors before him and it didn't work. And now he's trying to kill us off because we are, you know, the body of Christ in the earth. And they hate us. There is no other reason except it is demonically driven hatred. Is that part of why the Jews have been so persecuted? Exactly right. It's exactly right. They are hated because they are the line of, of Messiah. And the spirit of Antichrist knows it. And that's why the genocides, why one time after another, the Assyrians tried to destroy Israel. The, the Babylonians tried to wipe Israel out. You know, time and time again, they've tried to destroy Israel, disperse them. Now, I'll tell you something really interesting here. Um, when the Assyrians drove Israel out, Israel went up into Japheth land, up into Russia, up into um, Siberia, up into that way crossed over what used to be a land bridge, it's now the Bering Strait, and came down into North America. <coughs> DNA. I know God's just doing this. I have but chill bumps. I don't even know what DNA, <laughs> yeah. DNA testing of the American Indians, the North American Indians, are finding um, the family lines of the Jewish people in their DNA. 
So, see, they didn't all just pop up here. But that's, you know, that, that's the amazing thing is um, it all started right there. So th this isn't new. And the hatred and the anger, that the seeds of it, have come from those lands that have been that have migrated into America now. So we have the same hatred within that we had before for Christians and for Jews. But it's from within because the seeds of that are in the nature of the humans that moved here. So the only thing that's going to conquer it is, is spiritual warfare. You cannot do it with a law. You can't do it. There's no president that we're going to get that's going to solve all these problems. There's no Congress, no Senate that are going to solve these problems. The only thing that's going to solve it is, you know, us getting on our knees. But Sandy, is it gonna? Is it solvable? Because it's probably no, it it's isn't. Happen. It's not. Solvable. It isn't solvable. But what we can do is keep him in his place as long as we're here. Okay. We can keep him in his place. We can drive him back, keep him in his place, so disarm him because we have the authority. But you can't destroy that seed. So more can become Christians. Right. Exactly right. So wow. <clears throat> uh-huh. We're we're in this mess from way back in you know, in in uh, the days of Adam and his family, you know, right from the beginning. It it isn't going away. It's just that as, if we're Christians and we stand up, we can drive it back. But we're the ones with more power than the military. Because it is a demonic battle. It is we all serve demonic. God instead of trying to serve a person. That's right. And and we have to get that straight in this election too. Whoever we whoever gets elected is gonna need our prayers. Lots of prayers, you know. So just you know, that's our part in it. But yeah. You just don't want somebody that wants to be their best friend. If you know somebody that's that's running that has the same spirit as the spirit of Antichrist, I will be like the most I will raise myself up. I will, you know, you have to be a little bit careful about that. You know, you have to be a little bit careful. And and as for, we went through the Trump thing. Anybody's going to be okay. <laughs> as long as it's not somebody that's going to take us down this path further. But, um, um, you just have to pray for whoever gets in. You know, and we're going to be very grateful and praise God because we're praying, we're believing that he's going to put the right person in. So, and this has been my heart about Donald Trump because Christians are wanting to hate him so bad. But um, I think if Christians would come alongside him and begin to teach him what it is to walk with the Lord, if Christians would come alongside this man and and uh, teach him what the values of this nation are. Because I'm sure as a businessman, he never thought about it. You just go along to get along. He has everything else. You know, yeah. And um, I've actually read a lot of Christian commentary on him. That's People right. People that have sought the Lord. And that's they're, right. They're, they're lining There's up lots of prophecies. The Lord is exposing yeah. that. Yeah. Who do you think has given him favor that's to right. amass the wealth? That's not right. to belong to anybody mm -hmm. and to expose corruption. That's right. The like, prophecy started over a year ago. Yeah. Yes. And um, so Christians. you just wa I just watch it with great interest is what I've done. I've just kind of stood back and I've been watching as the hand of God's been moving and because everybody and it's amazing. Everybody. Mm -hmm. And what's the what's the so. scripture out of it that if the nation will get on their knees? I think it's that's, that's right. It's in Second Nehemiah. Chronicles. Or no, Chronicles. Second Chronicles. That's right. Second Chronicles. Second Chronicles. 14? Mm -hmm. Is it 14? Yeah. If the people who are called by my name, not just this nation, those of us who are called by his name, will humble themselves and pray and seek his face and turn from their wicked ways, he will hear from heaven, you know, and answer their prayers and heal their land. So, but it's going to take not just a little bit of prayer walking around. It's going to take concerted body prayer. You know, people getting together and standing strong together and seeking God. It takes takes more than just a little quiet time in the morning. But I, I'm not seeing that around here yet. People haven't gotten that. Well, don't you think they haven't gotten that uh, serious about it yet? We're still playing. And Ben Carson and Franklin Graham. I mean, they're trying. That's right. To rally Christians. That's right. To stand and that's pray right. And that's right. Yeah. That's right. And um, you know, I'm just not seeing it around here when people get get you know, serious enough. It'll happen. People are. It's shock. Mm -hmm. I don't think. I think Christians just see all the mean spiritedness mm -hmm. and all the, and they don't know what to do. So I think it's paralysis by analysis. There you go. The classic. Yeah. 
Mm -hmm. Fight or flight. That's it. And we're in flight because yeah. people are just polarized by this. Yeah. Is what I'm mm -hmm. seeing. Yep. So I'm just, you know, we just watch, but you just, but we do need to pray for his family. I mean, they're in so much danger, so much danger. And we need to keep them covered, you know, all the, all the candidates, all but, mm -hmm. but, um, yeah. And then there's a reason for that. Um, so just, yep, just pray. And if you think about it, Monday night's open. If anybody gets serious, let's go. Let me just pray for you here. Lord, we just give you the praise and the glory for for your word. Thank you for showing us the end from the beginning. You speak the very end of what's going to happen from the very beginning. And Lord, thank you for that wisdom. And Father, I just ask that you show each one of us our part. Um, you've called us. You've made us unique. You've done everything, given us everything that we need to be the person you want us to be. So where we are, Lord, I just ask that you would give us a revelation of what it is that you want us to do. Um, Father, we just thank you so much for the opportunity to serve you. We love you. We love you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.